Hello, and welcome to another episode of KexCNC's podcast, Global Thinking, where today we're talking about trust in the digital world. An exclusive survey of six European countries conducted by KexCNC on behalf of the Munich Security Conference revealed that most Europeans think their governments are not doing enough to protect them in the digital world and are deeply concerned that their personal data is not safe online. Across the board, respondents worried that their countries are too dependent on foreign suppliers of digital technologies, harboring a digital distrust towards governments and companies from other European countries. Today, we're joined by Simon Pfeiffer and Randolph Carr, both policy advisors at the Munich Security Conference, as well as KCNC's own James Johnson, to talk through the survey's findings in more detail and help unpick what this distrust means for KCNC's clients. To kick us off, thank you, Randolph Simon, for joining us today. And hello, James. As I've already alluded to, research conducted by KCNC on behalf of the Munich Security Conference really revealed just how fundamentally skeptical Europeans are about the security of their personal data. And actually, we found that Europeans surveyed across all markets substantially doubt the ability and willingness of most institutions outside their own country to protect their personal information. So Simon, Randolph, maybe you could start by talking us through these findings in a bit more detail. Were there any notable differences in the data at a national level? I think I'll start with what is maybe most striking, and that are the consistencies that we actually saw across all markets. So besides the points that you already made, I think there are two major consistencies. The first one would be that there is sort of, maybe one could imagine this as extending concentric circles that start with the individual and where trust decreases towards the outside. So people are quite trusting when it comes to institutions and companies that they directly interact with. So that could be uh, mobile phone providers, internet providers, their employer. Um, And they are also quite trusting when it is with institutions or regarding institutions on, on the national level. So that is their national government or technology companies uh, in their country. But when it comes to Europe, and then even more so when it comes to the US and China, trust decreases significantly. And across all of these markets that we looked at, we see that actually the distance between the national level and the European level is already quite large. And then there's another huge jump with very little trust towards the US and China with not much daylight between them. So that would be the first consistency. I think the second point is that we find that across all of these markets, actually governments are less trusted than private actors. So it doesn't really matter which one of these concentric circles we're looking at governments do quite badly compared with uh, the private institutions uh, in each of these respective levels. And when you say private institutions, is that corporates? So people trust companies more than they do governments? Exactly. That's what we're seeing. So across all of these markets, we find that companies are actually more trusted than the respective government uh, in, uh, on this specific level. There are some differences at the national level too, though, however. We see that some countries have managed to maintain the trust of their uh, populations when it comes to protecting personal data, and some haven't. In Germany, Sweden, and the UK, the national government is actually more trusted than it is distrusted when it comes to protecting data. And in France, Italy, and Poland, it's the other way around. 
Now, in Germany, Sweden, and the UK, that's it's not the case that these uh, people in these countries are generally more trusting. It's uh, really just specifically that they think their own government's performance in this uh, in this area is better. In Sweden, for example, the margin by which the Swedish government is trusted more than other European countries is 47% in if you calculate the the net difference. So there's quite a, a significant gap here in some countries. You could say that Poland actually presents a somewhat special case because these concentric circles that Simon talked about are actually very close together in Poland. Other European governments are trusted more by Poles actually than their own government. And the U.S. government is less distrusted in Poland than it is in other countries. So we actually see these uh, circles outside the individual sphere being quite similar. But while there is a lot of interesting nuance in the national level data, the bigger patterns that Simon described hold true. And James, maybe a question for you, moving away from kind of this perception or opinions related to government institutions or, or governments, did the survey uncover a lack of trust in tech products across the board? Or did the research reveal varying levels of trust according to company and type of tech product? Yeah, so what we see really is that the more sort of direct experience somebody has with a product or with a service, uh, they actually tend to trust it more. So basically, the more granular and personal you get, trust goes up. So an example of this is when we're when they're asked about their own mobile phone network. It's actually quite significantly higher. It's plus 14 net trust across all of the countries. And that's also similar for people's own internet service provider as well, which is plus 20. Now, employers, too, when employees are asked this question, are also quite high on plus 23. So there is this sense, and this always happens in survey questions to an extent, where the more personal experiences tend to be rather less loaded, I suppose, in people's minds than perhaps entire national governments, which are bound up with lots of other things about their perception of that government's performance, bound up with their perception of other countries and whether that allies threats or, or other questions. Whereas people's own personal experience tends to come out a bit more positively. So in line with that other finding about the companies, I imagine that there is a little bit better news there, depending on the sort of prism that this is seen through. But just to pick up on one other thing on the government differences, I mean, the level of insularity across Europe here is really striking. Uh, absolutely right. The, uh, the Poland difference there is sort, of, uh, is sort of more stark. But aside from Poland, you really do see this pattern where if you add other European governments into the equation, then trust really does plummet. And the same goes as well for other European companies rather than companies in your own country. So there is this sense that despite, uh, obviously, cross-Europe initiatives to try and bring data closer together, citizens do seem to be saying, well, actually, hang on, I'd rather trust data protection, uh, I'd rather sort of keep that uh, policing of data in my own country in terms of trust, and quite a lot of resistance to the idea of pooling it across larger larger regions. Now, that might seem obvious in the UK. We've obviously just had Brexit. There's obviously uh, a bit of scepticism about some of those cross-European initiatives. It might be more surprising to our listeners uh, in places like Italy, in places like Germany, in places like France. And thinking as well about both trust in, in governments and in specific companies and, and products, as you had 
alluded to there, James, as well. I'm wondering if there were any demographic trends in the data that were particularly interesting. So I guess the obvious one when you're thinking about technology could perhaps be young versus old or old the older generations. Was there any sense that the more familiar you are, perhaps the more of a tech native you are, the more trusting you are in tech products and you, you have older generations perhaps feeling less comfortable and therefore less trusting? Or wasn't this you know, was this not the case and not something that you saw within the data? Yeah, so obviously this does vary uh, across the different countries. But broadly speaking, absolutely right. Those younger people tend to be a little uh, more trusting, a little more confident um, in some of those tech companies in countries to look after their data than older people. So there may be a bit of that effect here, but the numbers tend to still work in the direction of more distrust than trust. So I think you know it is a uh, it, there, there may be a little bit of that sort of exponential difference, a little bit more familiarity with with data use, a little bit more familiarity with technology that is sort of creating some of those age differences. But we do tend to see the general pattern holding steady. And I think it's probably fair to say that at HexCNC, we've maybe been picking up on this general sense of, of mistrust, particularly in the performance of European governments over the last 12 months. And so the latest edition of our COVID-19 tracker, which we've been using to track public opinion throughout the coronavirus crisis, really did reflect this sentiment. But as well as some of those specific examples um, that, that you've all talked about and, and mentioned Poland being one, I guess. Did this survey um, really reveal any other areas or institutions where mistrust was particularly pronounced? I think the most striking findings beyond Europe are regarding the US and China. I mean, the transatlantic relationship is burdened basically since the Snowden leaks and the reveal of these large NSA programs. Um, we saw that at that time in 2013, actually already concerns about data privacy and data protection have skyrocketed among Europeans. And basically what the survey revealed is the distance that Europeans see when it comes to trust between Europe and the US is almost as large as between Europe and China. So there's definitely major distrust towards institutions, be they private or public in the US. I think that is definitely a, a concerning finding. At the moment, especially now since the election of Joe Biden, uh, we saw this at the Munich Security Conference special edition that we had in February, there is the sense of a window of opportunity for a transatlantic digital agenda. And looking at these numbers of, of digital distrust, it's certain that that is definitely one of the hurdles that the transatlantic partnership will have to overcome if it wants to make progress on this common digital agenda that is currently being discussed. I think the, the concern we see or the concern that we have to have with regard to how the U.S. is viewed here from Europe is so great because China too, is so severely distrusted. And, and it should really um, concern us that the margin between the US and China is, is so slim. Across the data, we saw a really severe distrust of China, coupled with concern that China's role in European technology is too large. So we find that 54% of people think their home country is too dependent on tech from China. This trend vis-a-vis China could really spell trouble as China forges ahead in digital technology as it, you know, very assertively 
presses forward into the European market. And we really need to keep an eye on that. You know, we're also in this world where that's what people expect to happen. I mean, the European respondents in, in the survey were very pessimistic about the prospects for competition on, on, on some of these areas with China and, and the US over the next 10 years. Um, asked whether Europe would fall behind, whether it be on par with China and the US, or whether it would take the lead, it, four out of 10 are saying that Europe would fall behind. And we see that replicated in terms of who's going to be the leader in phone technology, in apps technology, in computer technology. China's coming top every time. And interestingly, those who use technology more are also more likely to say that China is going to be in the lead on those things. So there's that difficult setting of distrust in America and China in this setting of people thinking that China likely is going to dominate over the coming years. And Simon Randolph, I guess a question for you both. What do you think the ramifications of these findings are for EU policy and legislation? I think. The data we found should certainly be concerning for policymakers at the EU level, because looking at the at the numbers in people's minds, the goal of having unified data and privacy protection across Europe clearly hasn't been reached. So there's certainly a deficit that the EU needs to catch up on there, especially if we compare the the findings to the ambition that the EU has set itself to be a world leader when it comes to protecting privacy and data and uh, a values-based uh, regulation of the digital sphere. So I think there's two priorities for the EU for building up earning trust, basically. The one is improving security and the other is reducing dependency because these are the two large areas where our survey really finds that uh, Europeans see a, a significant deficit. So there's a significant amount of support we find for a wide variety of, of measures relating to data security, and the EU really needs to take action on that. I mean, if we look at these two priorities that Randolph uh, sketched out, so security and reduction of dependencies, I think uh, security is super clear from, from all of this data regarding distrust and dependencies. James already pointed to this negative outlook um, over the next 10 years. Currently, people, a majority of Europeans think that their country is too dependent on foreign technology from the US and foreign technology from China. So there is this strong sense of dependency and for both of these priorities, security and reducing dependencies, we find very strong support for specific policy measures. I mean, really support where, where it, it's probably tough to find a lot of other fields where you can find these levels of support. So I think, I, I mean, at the top, we have things like cybersecurity certification for all uh, hardware and software products where we see strong support as well as open sourcing basically all software that is used in the public sector. And we still see significant support for things like awarding government technology contracts exclusively to European companies and even banning certain foreign technology companies. So I think that's really, that's really a, a list of policies, of uh, concrete policies that people would support and that um, EU policymakers should look at to address these concerns regarding security and dependencies that people have on their mind in Europe. 
And I guess, James, as well, a question for you. What might some of these ramifications mean for Kek CNC's clients? Are there any trends that you think the research picked out or pulled out that corporates should be particularly wary of? Yeah, well, I think certainly in terms of navigating sort of where regulation comes down the line, um, obviously tech companies are already navigating increasingly uh, um, robust uh, legislation, both in the US with sounding to the Biden administration, but also uh, across the EU and in the UK as well. And we see some some real appetite amongst the public for more uh, action on companies, whether it's measures to tackle online fraud and scams, six out of 10 across these countries saying government should do more there, uh, on regulating tech companies on data more, almost half people, 45%, saying government should do more there, and on tax as well, four out of 10 across these countries saying more should be done. So there's going to be this increasing pressure on governments from the public to do things on this. And we know that when governments are under pressure, when governments are looking to elections, they start to pay attention to polls and the move and, and the sort of the, the public appetite for uh, these things and for legislation. So I think tech companies will, will want to be aware of that and tech companies will, will want to be trying to address those up front. I think they've realized that you can't just put these concerns off and hope they go away. You have to sort of really actually deal up front with these public concerns and take action yourself to try and get across that message that the company itself is able is able to address those things. So I think that's certainly one of the big things that this poll highlights, this research highlights, that these pressures from the public for more robust government action uh, don't really seem to be a one-off. Uh, they're higher than they've been before and they don't look like they're going away anytime soon. And then I guess the most important question of all, really, is does this distrust even matter for the average consumer? Does the sentiment of distrust that we've talked about today even translate into human behaviour? And will it impact the way that people make decisions when it comes to the tech products that they're willing to purchase in the future? This is really the, the big question. And, and a lot of people have said, well, people are still using Twitter. They're still buying Apple. They're not changing their minds. A lot of that is because, obviously, of the dominance of the market of many of these of many of these brands, but I think it can make a difference. And I think certainly if you look away just from tech and you look at companies that have been in the in the spotlight for tax avoidance and so on, their brand in sort of uh, consumer surveys and stuff is much more negatively affected. Um, and certainly when I do focus groups in the UK and say you know which companies have done well, which companies have done badly throughout the pandemic. Those that have had bad sort of pandemic stories, people are still talking about those one year on, and people are still aware of sort of things that have that have happened in that regard. Now that doesn't mean that that person immediately stops buying something, but it does mean that they're carrying that view of that brand with them. And if a competitor comes up, if a change happens, if something that stretches their uh, their their relationship or their their sort of social contract with that company, then it may be easier for them to abandon them in the future. So I think this stuff does matter, I think, certainly on, on, on tax avoidance, which we see as really being quite significant in terms of public opinion on, on many firms, as well as this general sense of security. I think we do see those things mattering, perhaps not in an immediate way, but if these companies do come under pressure or products and services come under pressure, then it may be easier for people to abandon them uh, than to stay loyal. But the other thing to say, of course, is that increasingly consumers are seeing the personal impacts of some of these things. So I'm sure that many of our listeners will 
say that they've received more spam calls, more spam texts, more spam emails in the last three or four months. I certainly have uh, people in the research that we've spoken to certainly have. So people are talking about that, they're frustrated about that. And when we ask them why that is, they do tend to say that government should do more, but also that perhaps companies are pooling their data, perhaps companies are sending out their data in a way that they shouldn't be. So even despite the strength of some of the legislation out there, there is still that level of distrust. And I think people are starting to look now at the companies they're with and trying to work out, well, actually, what are those providers doing to stop that from happening? So the increasing personalization of this data question is also going to make the impact for companies greater, I think. It's always a difficult question to what extent these answers actually do reflect changes in behavior. But we had this one question in the survey where we ask people, over the last five years, have you become more cautious? And 60% say they've become more cautious regarding the security of their accounts and devices. 65% say they've become more cautious about information that they find online. So I think there is, there's definitely an, a growing sense that these fears that people have about their security online need to translate into change. And people do have the perception of themselves that they are changing their behavior to reflect this level of threat that they see in the digital world. I think there are all of these ways that James laid out in which this might translate into other changes, uh, choosing different providers, choosing different services online. I think I take away that the most striking, the, the strongest avenue for change might be the political pressure that the respondents to our survey that the European populations uh, will put on, on their governments and their politicians. The findings definitely show that one story is not true, and that is that of the rather naive user of the internet who's sitting at home and without concern is using all of these digital products out there. It's rather that people are actually sitting at home using digital products of all kinds with a strong sense of insecurity and distrust and a strong sense that something needs to change about that and that the primary or one of the primary stakeholders who they think needs to change something about that is their government. So I think that's maybe the avenue through which we will actually see uh, the strongest changes or the most important changes, maybe individual behavior, but most likely also behavior at the ballot box. On that note, um, a big thank you to you, Simon and Randolph. It's been fascinating to talk to you today, and it will be really interesting to see how companies, institutions and governments manage digital distrust in the future. If you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, Global Thinking, then visit our website, www.kexcnc.com, or listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you.